Hi, this is Buckles Brannigan. The Old West. That's what I know. Pick a year. 1873. How's that? That sounds good to work with. The dusty town of South Fork, where I actually live right now in the 22nd century, 21st century. <laughs> yep, self work. It's old, it's dusty, yeah, I said that. It's a little hint of sagebrush, maybe, why not? Throw in a little bit of liquor going around, card games, of course, and the, the, pick the pinnacle of the plot, uh, that's incorporation of uh, lethal firearms always seems to add a little bit of drama to a scene, you know, I think so. Yeah, so, and you got the law, you got the law, the scoff laws, and you got many of them, you got many of the real heavies, the gunfighters, of course. Yes, wonderful gunfighters, they're, they're needed, they got a job to do for most of them, they're paid. They're paid, but they're not paid always just by reputation. Some of them get into a reputation that you never wish they had gotten into. They regret it, but they got a legacy that they have to live up to. It's happened with many famous, uh, real pioneers of the individual uh, fortitude uh, that you got in such as a gunfighter or a cowboy even. You had your townsfolk, of course, the ubiquitous town with its townfolk, all proper, yep, everything in order. And you got your, here, yeah, you got your sheriff, of course, you got your doctor, you got your uh, horseshoer, um, you got uh, your general store, of course, and you got um, your big thing where everything's centered around here, at least in South Fork, uh, the town that I live and have been from. I was born in New York City. I don't know if you know my backstory, but I was only like three weeks old, maybe a month. I don't know. I was like three weeks old. Uh, and uh, we, we left New York City. Um, on a horse-drawn carriage that my dad rode. We, would, we were not rich. I'll politely just say that. Uh, and we needed to get money. My dad was a hard worker. Uh, Mom was wonderful. Uh, and uh, we moved to uh, Kentucky first, but then we quickly settled into North Fork, uh, South Fork, Texas. Uh, yeah, we settled into that town because we my father was offered a job there in, in, in law enforcement, peace officers. And he didn't wear a badge, he, he was an administrator, administrator. And um, we got your uh, undertaker, of course. Uh, we've got, um, well, there's a lynch builder, I mean, a, a rig builder, a uh, gallows builder uh, that is sometimes called to duty. Uh, he, he 
builds a contraption. Um, it's a pretty ghastly scene to look at. Um, and uh, of course it was totally a cruel kind of way to do it, um, but it's the way they went by. And there weren't as many kind of that kind of drama, television and movies of, uh, and books have made it, uh, you know, it's almost like this was going on all the time. It definitely wasn't. There was some of it, but uh, there, were, there were coach robberies, there were stagecoach robberies, there were train robberies, certainly. Uh, those got the big headlines, you know. Um, a train is usually carrying more money than a coach, typically, uh, just by nature of things. But coaches were known to get looted or people's belongings taken right from their, uh, right from the, their pockets and their purses. Um, the bad guy just chucked the purse out and he just wanted, he was only interested in what she had in, in her her nice little purse there that she was innocently carrying and uh, dreaming of uh, dreaming of making her trip further west uh, in this coach and her pocketbook became available uh, to the bandits and they grabbed everything out of there and took the money that she had uh, not a lot but it was a, you know a, about a couple hundred dollars and um, Big, big time money back then, really, when you think about it. Um, and uh, she was with her little son, uh, about five years old, so they were robbed. And they were, uh, there was an older gun salesman on the, um, he had a beautiful case that had beautiful guns in it, high end stuff. And he was traveling, you know, from gun shop to gun shop. Uh, with his wares, really, literally, and um, beautiful case, right? So he's, but moments ago, these people were in their endeavors and in their, in their maybe bliss, in their maybe rectitude, I'm sure, and, you know, their perseverance mode, uh, the sense of adventure was definitely, a, uh, had to be a real big factor, um, but they were looking forward to their life, and then the next minute, they're standing out, by their coach uh, with three or four bandits, some on horseback, uh, the main guy off his horse usually, and he's running the show, and uh, he wants everything, money that the train has, and money that the people have, their belongings, really. So he takes a ring from her, and that's kind of got some significance that maybe I'll tell you about later. But I just morphed into the regular guy, Massey Voice. I don't know how that happened, but I wanted to make this a pure Buckles Brannigan um, podcast. I set that out to do just before I pressed the mic. But again, I got lost in track and I switched. I don't know where it happened uh, from Buckles accent to my normal speaking voice. So that wasn't intended. Um, I don't know if it has any meaning to it. Um, Maybe I got to work at my Buckles accent. I did get a tinge that it was a little bit, it should be effortless because it was always, I always remember it being effortless to do. Um, I'm no, I'm not, I'm no rich little by any stretch of the imagination, but I did lock on to this older gentleman, Western drawl accent, kind of a plastic accent, at least that I tried to replicate with Buckles Brannigan, you know. Um, 
So I, you know, I, a little bit of nasal maybe in there. Um, a little bit of, I discovered there's a little bit of George W. Uh, in there. Um, and I talk that way because I'm a Texan. Yeah, I'm from, a, I'm from Texas. Uh, New York originally, but it's, I was three weeks old, so I really, I really basically am from a Texas, uh, homegrown, really, literally. Of course you would be. Uh, moving to the West uh, at such an early age, you know, uh, like I said, about a month old I was, so I don't really remember. Back to my guy accent I did. I just did that for fun, folks, but... No, I've got to focus on doing my staying and sticking with my Buckles Brannigan accent. And i got to kind of, it's ride the bike, but not quite, not quite that. It's, i got to get into it, but I will get into it. I know I will. And um, I will, uh, will kind of uh, paint a, a, a good picture of you where I live and part of the country I live and what my experience is in the history you see the history of uh, of North Fork, of South Fork, uh, Texas. All right, focus in on this. Literally, floaters. Let's just get this down. This is simple biology. <laughs> floaters, stars in the eyes, and fractals. All um, could be titles of 70s albums. Da 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 ba ba ba. <laughs> Having a little fun. Um, trying to stay on target to what I start when I talk. Um, trying to be better at it. Trying to simplify. Um, need, to, need to be better at outlining and scripting out improvements to be made in the production of each of these uh, episodes. We're in volume two of our Talk Me Some Arts and Other Stories podcast. And my name is Guy Massey. And I, um, my MO is to um, not to get too lofty because I can take that. I'm kind of a serious thinking kind of guy. I kind of go to the crux. I try to keep it simple. Um, I try to keep my thoughts sort of streamlined. Um, and I'm sure that's another thing we could talk about, our, our common biology, that we share those experiences. It's a wonderful thing that we all have these things that are so uh, as prosaic as um, a burp. You know, why do we all burp? And we burp the same way, and we do a lot of times. And uh, But uh, let's think about this for... Well, I'm going to spill the beans. Let's think of this as a, a foray uh, using the metaphor. Yeah. The foray using the metaphor of this quintessential, archetypic, late 70s rock group. And actually as specific as uh, either a title of an album or a title of a song, but I think it works, uh, this title. And here it is. I think it works best as a title of a 1977 album. 
uh, it's kind of the year I hone in on. 77, I think it works. Claude might agree with me on this, what I'm going to say here. But And here's our working title, Sneezing and Seeing Stars. See, sneezing and Seeing Stars. 1977 album title release uh, from a unknown, unnamed rock group. Because I want you to—I just want you to need. All you need to do is focus on the title. I'm just saying it sounds like <laughs> it sounds like um, it could have been a, a, a late '70s uh, rock album, um, but it, or or a title of a book, but. I like to kind of think of it as a rock album, being from my, you know, where I come from. And, uh, yeah, I think it's a good way to do it. 